of Gale Boy's Transmissions, where we're just going to do a little bit of a 30-minute aside, no news on this episode. We're just going to yak about a certain film we saw or something we want to talk about. I'm Liam, as joined always by my wonderful friend and co-host, Jordan. It's nice to be doing these because that's, um, we've talked about doing like bonus shit for a while because um, like I'll see movies that you don't see, you see movies I don't see, and it would be nice to do like quick episodes about like interesting stuff. Yep. Yeah. So our first one, uh, we both saw this, um, and I was surprised by this. Uh, I had a lot of fun with this movie, uh, more than I thought I was going to have. Uh, it's The Killer, everyone, uh, directed by David Fincher. Uh, it's based on a French graphic novel, screenplay by Andrew Kevin Walker, who wrote Seven. So this is a fun little Seven reunion for both Fincher and Kevin here. This does have a weird Seven feel to it, now that I think about it. It has this... Um... Even though it's not a horror film, there is like horror aspects to it. Oh yeah, the the shit with the nail gun is a straight up horror. Like when he comes in, that whole scene in New Orleans with the fucking when he, (laughs) yeah, no, it's uh, that whole nail gun scene. Like there's horror. The oh this the fight scene in the fucking house definitely is shot like a harp. Shot like a nine inch nails music video. The camera's fucking swirl. Like it's fucking amazing. Speaking of nine inch nails, uh, Trent Reznor's back uh, doing the score, oh, which is nice. Trent Reznor has quickly becoming one of my favorite film composers. Man, Hell holy yeah. shit! Like, I'm not even kidding. Go listen to his uh, the score he did for Soul, the Pixar movie. It's fucking beautiful. It's like one of the most beautiful like piano scores I've heard in a while, and it's from the fucking guy who made a song called "I Want to Fuck You Like an Animal." <laughs> Uh, of course, Orban. I was actually listening to uh, the Seven soundtrack recently because um, Closer is like the first song that plays. It's like a seven-minute precursor, and it's oh man, if if a fucking holler was a song, it'd be that. The song is so fucking crazy. The, the the best part of that song is the end point in the credits. You get me closer to God, and then the directed by. <laughs> David Fincher. Uh, oh, fuck, that yeah. one was awesome. But, uh, yeah, yeah, no, this is The Killer. Uh, this is his new film. Um, he's sort of been in the Netflix gulags for... Ever since Mindhunter, I think he's just been... I think they're the only ones giving yeah. him money anymore. House of Cards was before that. Oh, he did do episodes of House of Cards. Yeah, yeah. 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 I'm sure he doesn't like talking about that in retrospect. This is a weird film to describe because it's... It's it's not really a film you could describe in terms of plot. The plot is very very simple in this movie. It is basically, it's sort of a, just a straightforward action movie plot. Hitman tries to do hit, it doesn't go well. They attack his girlfriend. And he goes on the run hunting his uh, employers. But the way Fincher directs this movie turns it into something that is along the lines of like I know this has been compared to the Hitman video games, and I think it's a very apt comparison because. The amount of weird things that happen in this, like, I fucking love the the first, like, 15 minutes of this movie where he's just in that apartment in France, like, just giving you random information that doesn't matter. There are four million McDonald's in the hist- in all of France, and then quoting <laughs> the Green River Killer for some reason. <laughs> yeah, I said in my uh, letterbox review that um, 
like assassin movies now like John Wick are so like hyper and action packed and gory whereas here like, nothing happens within the first 15 minutes it's just like Michael Fassbender getting McDonald's <laughs> and sitting behind a scope waiting for some guy to like come into his purview that's what I love about this too because the I've always been fascinated with the life of a hitman and things like that you know it's about the kill but how long you have to wait and that that scene where he's about to shoot that sniper rifle the tension in that scene is so fucking palpable and the fucking smiths is playing while he's doing it oh, hell yeah. which the use of the smiths in this movie oh that this is amazing like the way that the trent reznor score and the smith songs are just so perfectly mixed together as a as an old timey smiths fan i did enjoy um Oh, the like, he, he just sticks his headphones in when everybody's about to kill somebody, and goddamn, yeah it's, yeah, it's so fucking good. My favorite um part is when he's in the fucking um, it's when he's having like dinner with uh, Tilda Swinton, oh. and everything's just so fucking like matter of fact. She doesn't even try to like beg or run away. It's like, yeah, you're just here to kill. This me. is the okay. nature of the life. I guess I yep. deserve it. This is the nature of the life we live. That's kind of what they're doing. They're doing like, well, we're both killers. We both do what we're both paid to kill, and we live over looking over our shoulders. So this is, and I love our response is just to get shit blasted drunk before he does it. Hell yeah. She does have that moment. She has the knife where Fastbender does not even take that and just shoots her, and. I, I, I do love there's a lot of like weird psychological horror elements to this too. I think that's where the Seven Connection comes in because it seems like midway through this movie, he loses his motherfucking mind. It, like He gets way more sloppy when he goes to the house in Florida to fight the uh, the guy. And <laughs> Ever, yeah. they destroy this fucking house. This fight this is one of my favorite kind of fights in a movie where it's just fucking... They're throwing, they're throwing chairs and tables, glasses breaking... <laughs> And there's a fucking dog in the mix. It's 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 really the closest. I think it's the only time I've ever seen Fincher direct an action scene outside of maybe the chase scene from Seven. He's very more of like uh, two people sitting down having like banter and stuff. But yeah, there's one action sequence in this, and it's fun how uh, Darth Bender really doesn't want to kill the pit bull. So he like goes up his way to drug it to sleep, and it doesn't work because I love that. and like that's what I mean. It's shot like a music video. It's very hazy. The guy who shot this actually uh, shot episodes of Mindhunter. Nice. He shot Mink, and he also is going to shoot uh, Ferrari this year. Michael Mann's new movie. Oh, yeah. So this guy is going to be. I think you see him as an up and comer in the future. Um, but you know, it's this is the thing I love about this movie though is that yeah, aside from it being this kind of dour hitman thriller. It's very fucking funny. There are parts of this movie where I laughed out loud. Particularly just the random shit Michael Fassbender says. This credit card is was founded in 1960. Like, why are you telling me this? <laughs> the fuck does this have to do with anything? Like, it's very dry. It's not ha-ha funny. It's, you laugh at the sheer absurdity of what's going on. Particularly this scene where he kills uh, the black guy from Top Gun Maverick. I was like, who is this guy? I recognize him if I'm the black guy from Top Gun Maverick. They put his body in the fucking... Um, garbage thing and a re yeah, recycling bin and you don't see him chop it up and dissolve it but that's that's what happens and he fucking dumps his uh the remains in a like, can and just dumps it in a river no, like, yeah he takes a ferry and just dumps it in the river but that is very like hitman like everything's just so matter of fact like you stick on a disguise you wait for someone to get into you you kill them and then you just walk away the humor of this film is so fucking great. And but, but this is one of the things I love about Fincher. And, you know, Fincher is seen as this sort of, um, like, sophisticated auteur 
When in reality, like the the best films of his are the ones where he just cut he just cuts loose and has some fun. Panic Room, Gone Girl, some parts of Seven. Like that that's Fincher just having fun directing, and that's when you can tell he's his best element. People I've never even met complain about how many takes they shoot. The take of Neil Patrick Harris parking that Jaguar dead center in the middle of that frame. That was take two. That was take two. It's in the movie. We walked away after take two. So please, go fuck yourselves. I know Fincher has recently tried to push back on all the like uh, high-floating auteur shit. He doesn't say that he's a shock director, but he's he's openly admitted he don't make like art house movies. I think people are perverts. I've maintained that. That's been I've, that's the foundation of my career. No, I, I, I just make like the movies I want to make, and if people like them, then fine. But he, yeah, this he, is um. He was that for a while though, because I remember when Panic Room was coming out. I said it's a movie, not a film, which is very pretentious yeah. fucking thing to say. But I think again, he's gotten older. Uh, he's definitely yeah, more... he's, he's mellowed out a bit. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I, think... I, I think the trauma of Alien Three really fucked him up. I think the biggest problem David had was that we never had a concrete draft of a script to go by. And here he is directing his first movie, following in the likes of Ridley Scott and James Cameron. And, you know, it is very difficult to balance all of those things. And I, I think that when you go through any production, it's difficult, it's hard. I think when you go through your first one without a script, it's even harder. It's amazing to me that Fox is the number one studio in the country because they're all such a bunch of morons. Oh, for a while it did. Uh, he he yeah. was never going to direct again because of that. And he got yeah. lucky with Seven. He's had a weird career. Like, you look at his filmography, how weird and eclectic it is. Because it's like, yeah, Fight Club. The Social Network, which is all about the founding of Facebook. And uh, he did the remake of Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, which is... Still has one of my favorite Stellan Skarsgård moments of all time. Oh, he's so fucking good. Oh, that. he's frightening oh, when he's talking about <laughs> the fucking music playing as he's watching uh, Daniel Craig suffocate in real time. Is yeah, fucking that, haunting. And then that fucking like, and that like airtight fucking torture like gimps that he's got. I mean, goddamn, that yeah, movie's no, so fucking scary. That's what do I do with the girls? That's a good question. Well, before I do, what are you doing? Sit down. Afterwards, I just get rid of them, far out of sea. Unlike my father, he left them scattered all over the place like trophies. That's not very smart if you ask me. He was a loud and garish man. Frankly, he got what he deserved. You can't be a sloppy technician like that. You can't drink to excess like he did. This takes discipline. It's a science of a thousand details. You knew something was wrong. Came back into the house. Did I force you? Did I drag you in? No. All I had to do was offer you a drink. It's hard to believe that fear of offending can be stronger than the fear of pain, but you know what? It is. And they always come willingly. There's a horrific rape scene in that too. That's still one of the yeah. most like. And, and, oh. and then he does mank. Which is probably like the funniest movie he's ever done. It is funny. It, yeah. It's I have a f mixed feelings on it mainly because of, I'm a huge Orson Welles fan. So I don't know. It's a bias of mine. I think. 
Yeah. It does Orson Welles a little dirty, but, you know, I still think it's a fine movie, and Gary Oldman's fucking fantastic in it. Just drunkenly stumbling through this movie. That Fincher knows how to get performances that people when this is Fassbender's best movie for a long fucking time. Oh, yeah, time. no, this is, this is, and I, again, I th- he's retired from acting, I think, for a couple of years. He became an F1 yeah, driver. Yeah, ever since... Ever since the last uh, X-Men movie, he's just been doing, like, Formula One for the last, like, two years, and I don't fucking blame him. After Dark Phoenix, I would quit acting oh, for a couple boy. Of years. That was a piece of shit, yeah. I, that's a movie where everyone on set just didn't want to be there. The, oh. the contempt on everyone in that movie is fucking palpable if you watch it. It's never a good sign when they have to get, like, the producer of the of the previous films in. To, uh, it's like Blade 3 when Goyer had to step in as director. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. yeah. It's, like, it's like only directing credit. Well, not Goyer, but like oh, Simon. It's just a fucking Simon Kimber. Yeah, yeah, what a fucking God, mess. Oh, God. But yeah, it's, um, yeah, no, it was, um, I, I find it fucked up as well. I'm pretty sure Maru Ferrari gave up Avatar 2 to shoot that movie, which is uh, still one of like the, that's an L right there, son. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's, that's an L. Grim. I'm pretty sure he gave up that job to do that, which is like, oh, fuck. But Michael Fassbender is always one of these actors that's fascinated me because he's, he's only now seen as like this great actor, which is like, it's funny because I rewatched Eden Lake this Halloween. Oh, hell which yeah. Which is one of the, like, the, I will never go to Britain after I watch that movie. <laughs> Fuck these people. Fuck all these people. <laughs> Evil bastards, all of you. But uh, no, that movie's crazy. And just like his career trajectory from where he is now, it's, it's, he's had such a very not normal acting career. The, the highs are high, like shame, uh, oh, hunger, f- and the woes are low, like fucking Jonah Hex. And, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. oh, yeah, he was in that fucking movie. Yeah, he's he's. It's one of the few films he uses his natural accent, which is funny. <laughs> That's probably why I didn't remember it. Why, why I didn't? Well, yeah. Grant, I I don't. I think I saw that movie once, and I don't remember. Anything. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's very boring it's just by horrible. having a playing stat cast. He's also in a like weird Joel Schumacher monster movie, but he's playing like a Nazi or something. I've seen um, this movie. I think I know exactly. Yeah, it's one of I his can't last remember what the fuck it's called. Henry yeah, Cavill's it's one of his in last it. Movies. It's like a horror film. It's like a weird fucked yeah. up Nazi horror movie. It's like one of his last. I, I, I feel pressured my uncle into watching it just to like because I wanted to see his reaction and like <laughs> the immediate text back was just "fuck you." This movie stinks. <laughs> It is terrible. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not uh, good. I remember it just, I thought, oh, Nazi Joel Schumacher film, and it's not as interesting as that no, sounds. No. Yeah, it'd, it'd be nice to see what his uh, renaissance looks like, because um, the killer's interesting, because we said in our last episode, it's it's a Netflix movie, so we'll get, like, a week's indie cinemas, it'll get, like, a week release before like, fading into the fucking E4 forever that is Netflix. Yeah, no, and I think the problem is that's the that's the weird thing about Netflix. If they had let this movie play longer, I think it might have actually done. My theater was pretty packed. Like, it was grand. It was, oh, yeah. Because yeah. right, it's like, Fincher's a name and Fassbender's a name. If they had actually let this play, it might have actually done okay. But Netflix just has no desire to get into the theatrical game at all, which I think is to their detriment in the long run. So, yeah, if, if they did let the Irishman play for longer, it would have made some money. But yeah, yeah, that's fucking shame. Yeah, no, but uh, it's it's great. I got to see it in theaters, and it's it's worth seeing in theaters because the sound design, in particular, in this movie is so the use of music and the particularly I love the scene as well when he goes to like his hideout in the islands, 
and he's running through this like beachside home and the wind and the fucking glass breaking. It's so fucking because you're expecting like someone to come out and just jump scare you. It's fucking great. Yeah, the use of horror in this is uh, oh, yeah. is interesting. It's fucking um. That scene where uh, he just like snaps the uh, the secretary's neck. Oh. He, he has to like. He, it's the scene before that where she's going to die. She's just begging him to like, please make it look like a natural death so my kids can um so my kids can get the insurance money, and he just snaps her neck, pushes her down the stairs to uh, to make it look natural. That character is just a psycho. He's, yeah. he's just a that that scene at the end where um everything's gone well and he's just sitting next to his girlfriend and his eye starts twitching just because you know he misses the fucking yeah he the needs... killer lifestyle yeah. further one of the reasons i i, I love the the way the, the hitman lifestyle is portrayed in this a lot of these people particularly contract killers uh, if you've even seen like interviews with actual like quote-unquote hired hitmen they're all just lunatics so did he say well you go on back and you go get that gun because I don't need to be spending another $200 and having Mr. Kennedy running all around all night looking for a gun when... I didn't need a gun. Okay, for me to kill somebody, I don't need a gun. Can't you look and see? I'm 286 pounds. Okay, I would rip you like a rag doll. Okay? Is that what you are going to do to Sharika? I could have, but I didn't. <laughs> they're all fucking crazy like because i think the, the line between contract killer and serial killer is a very fucking thin one especially in this movie where there's a difference between doing a hit for the money and then what he does to um the, the lawyer that fucks him over shoots him in the chest and you just sadistically watches him bleed to death it's I, I especially love also just the way like how how fucking much how many cars he rents in this movie too he's got the amount of product placement in this movie really fucking made me laugh He's gone for like seven cars because he doesn't want to leave a trace because he's just like spending the entire movie murdering people. I fucking love the amount of product plays because this is a Netflix movie, so... Yeah, yeah. Like, I know uh, Postmates is, is name-dropped, McDonald's hurts, it's... And I do think the way Fincher portrays it is sort of comedic. Who needs tools to break in now? Just when you call Amazon. Fuck, when you call it Amazon, just fucking let them go. And like, he, that's how he gets into like... The quote-unquote main he's not even the main villain he's just some rich tech asshole who lives in new york and he breaks into his house and i love this scene because he's basically saying i'm not gonna kill you but i did all this to let you know i can come kill you anytime i fucking want so don't follow me i can uh poison your tea without you fucking realizing it so yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, so uh, so don't bother sending like anyone else after me, because um, yeah, Alice Howard is um, he's only in it for like five, like most characters, he's only in it for like five minutes. Yeah, tell the swims in this for literally a scene. That's it. Yeah, before she like unceremoniously dies, she gets drunk uh... and then shot, and that's it. <laughs> I do, I do sympathize with that. You know what? I've... Give me a flight of whiskey. Which one? Any one of them. I don't. Yeah, like all. This of them, is my yeah. last fucking meal. So. Fuck it. He keeps repeating the, um, and I was kind of disappointed he didn't get more unhinged where he's like, don't plan. No, don't improvise. Plan. Expect the end. And I was hoping to get more like improvise. Don't plan. Murder everything yeah. in your path. I'm kind of disappointed <laughs> he didn't get more and more unhinged with that. There is a moment like when he's repeating it when he's in the Florida house and then the guy just busts in and then the fight starts. But it's the hitman 
it's not glamorized at all. It's not like John Wick where they're wearing suits and shit. It's dirty fucking work. Switch between the disguises constantly because, like, as soon as you kill someone, you have to, like, bolt out of there immediately, change of clothes, get on, like, the next, like, literally the next flight out of there because, like, fucking police will be swarming. San- it's like Sanitize all your shit. Um, everything. I, I yeah. love also the, he brings this up in the movie. It's like, it's impossible not to be seen in this world of cameras. So, so, just so don't be, stand out. Yeah, just the one scene I love is when the when he's in the apartment in France and he's like that scene where the mailman comes and he's like, "I'm gonna have to kill this man," and then he just drops the mail <laughs> off because, like, dude, you like because like, I notice also he he doesn't use an apartment; he uses like a business that he rented or something as a hit. I think he's just, like, hiding out in some, like, refurbished um, apartment. Like, literally nobody knows he's there. That's why he's terrified with the fucking mailman walking in. That, that is the life of a hitman. You have to be, like, completely unrecognizable. I also love how he finds the cab driver. Like, how tedious this fucking life is. Because he interviews the brother of his girlfriend, where he's like, they got out of a green cab. So then he drives from, like, five different airports, finds the green cab, Finds the place the green cabs go, breaks in, terrorizes this poor man. I love that scene where he's like, I need help. And he just comes in. He's got him hog tied on yeah, the just, fucking floor. Yeah, yeah has him uh, face away from the computer so he doesn't uh, know what's going on. And then he just shoots the cab. This, this poor fucking cab oh, driver. That was, that was cold-blooded. I was yeah. like, I'm pretty sure he was going to die because he did show his face. And in a movie like this, if your face could show uh, assume, yeah, assume that's how you're done. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's also just a complete psychopath. You imagine? I think he's also because, like, this is also what I love too. The he's taking this personally, which is why he's kind of going crazy. Because, like, he's been, he's such a calculated guy, and the minute like the per, once the personal angle comes in, he just starts to get way more sloppy. He could have probably easily killed the uh, the Florida right head. Yeah. But no, he has to break into his apartment. He has and, like, to. He, he wants like, to see him die. He wants him to. Uh, yeah. I want to see your lights go out as I kill you. And same with Tilda Swinton. It's like you could. She says you did not have to do it this way. You could have killed me at my home. You could have. You had to. You had to come in here where there's witnesses. She's like, what if I scream? What are you gonna do then? And he's still. <laughs> yeah. But she knows. And he's, 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 he says nothing. He's just like one thing to her, and it's just like. Yeah, I, I know you're not going to scream. I know you're not going to do anything. Even though I don't know you, I know you. You know. At the same time, I'm that pissed at you. I will just kill you. And yeah. All these, I don't give a fuck. It's a, it's a very simple film. That's the crazy part about this movie. It's not a very intricate film. The plot itself isn't. As we said, it's just a very straightforward hitman thriller slash action movie. But the way Fincher approaches it it kind of makes me wish he would do more genre fare like this because we talked we talked about panic room a little bit there he takes like what is ba- a very basic home invasion thriller and turns it into this insane fucking like you know the, the camera work in that movie's crazy the fucking character of raul is terrifying like i kind of hope he does more genre stuff in the future after this especially if he's stuck in like the netflix salt mine if that's the only way he can get like stuff made now which is i'm in I wish he wouldn't yeah, have to go to Netflix to do it. But... Netflix, yeah. But yeah, if you get like the killer to where his like, dog dies and he has to go on a, another rampage then. Uh... <laughs> Dude, there's so many. I know this is based on a graphic novel. I'm kind of curious to read it because French graphic novels are way more twisted than a lot of other stuff. Yeah, because, yeah. Uh, I, know I, know, I know Snowpiercer is a... Yeah, that's a French graphic I, I read novel. the book of that. I actually read that. There's actually a second book that's all about 
Because at the end of Snowpiercer, there's that teaser, the, the polar bear's alive, and the second book's all about the people who don't live on the train, they live in the fucking snow. Very interesting, but the book is nothing like the movie. That's Bong no, Joon-ho's entire fucking... It would be fun. I, like I said, my favorite Finchers are... By the way, I just remembered, he directed fucking um, Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Do you fucking remember that movie? Yeah, uh, I remember it for all the wrong reasons, because... Uh... <laughs> I, I, I like Fincher's stuff, but yeah, that's a that's a rare L from him. That's th- that was like his like one like I know fucking Alabama Spielberg's company was involved in it as well. It was like his I'm gonna direct a big fucking movie and oh boy, not a not a yeah not a great like that was like his big attempt at like a not really a blockbuster but like a movie that cost like 150 million dollars and just oh boy, it's not good. When the entire budget has been spent on, uh, on like aging, de-aging fucking uh, Brad Pitt, yeah, that's that's when you're It's such a fucked. fucked up movie too because the way Tilda Swinton's hitting on him is like, is this kind of pedophilia? I'm, yeah, not, I'm not sure how this works. It's grim. It's a grim yeah, movie. It's, it's... And it's like weirdly whimsical. It's like, it makes me think of like the bad Spielberg movies from the 90s. Like, it's just... Yeah, it's... It, it, it just reminded me of those movies that try to be one, like that new Bully Wonka movie. Like, oh. it tries to look whimsical, but but there's some like, scenes in it that are just like completely horrifying. Oh, and everything with Hugh Grant just is not her <laughs> I can't. I got that trailer in front of fucking Killers of the Flower Moon. Seeing that mug in IMAX was upsetting. <laughs> it was a. And I like Paul King. I fucking love those Paddington movies. They're great. Yeah, like, yeah. Fuck me. Yeah. Oh, Jeez, it, 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 it's fucked up. He either had to, he was either gonna do this, or I know he's gonna do the Pinocchio movie that went straight to Disney Plus. It's not many opportunities yeah. out there for him, which is which is unfortunate. But, which is weird because Paddington Two is like this universally beloved movie. Oh, it was a huge hit. Okay, so I know that much. The, the oh yeah. New, he had he had fucking tea with the Queen before she died. Which I, I'm calling it now. Paddington killed the queen. Yeah, he put uh-huh. some shit. No, so he's from Peru, so he's doing uh, he's doing decolonization from. Uh... I'm picturing him now in like commando garb with a fucking AK-47. <laughs> this is army of fucking was... bears. <laughs> White, yellow, yeah, ass. I was actually uh, re-watching Commando the other day because it was on TV. Yeah, and I'm picturing yeah, Paddington with the fucking just, like um the, suit, with the four tier rocket launcher and fucking the fuck up and shoot the fuck. <laughs> oh fuck! And then he's chopping people's arms off with fucking yeah. equipment. That movie's amazing. The last fucking yeah, twenty minutes of that movie is fucking great. But oh Jesus! But yeah, no, it's um. There's not really much to say about the killer. I mean, other than. It's very bare bones. There's like five actors in it, and most of them are on screen for like a minute. Yeah, fast, it's pretty much Fast Bender's movie through and through. Yeah, but I, I do really, really enjoy. I fucking had a ball with this. I this might be on my top ten this year because this was. Oh, like, he's a he's was, a yeah. This was so fun and just like and it was fun in a way I didn't expect it to be. Like I said, it is fun to watch this kind of complete weirdo nut job director get handed a very basic action script and then turning it into something fucking deranged like this i i saw like one trailer i don't really know like what to expect from this and i was like surprised this is in my top five years which oh, yeah. will uh, I, which I, we'll get into at the end of the year oh, it's gonna be interesting I, I, I'm, I'm gonna do my best to have a different top five. i've got a few that i know you haven't seen that i'll definitely put on mine for yeah. discussion but this was a this is this is probably Fincher's my favorite Fincher in a long time. I wasn't on Big yeah. Mink. I like Gone Girl, but it's not a movie I've revisited. Uh, no, 
No, it's, I, 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 I do enjoy Mank more than you. Um, I saw at the, uh, I saw that in Panic Room at the GFT, and I, yeah. I did enjoy Mank for how like weird it was. Yeah, no, but, it's, um, it, yeah, I the get why he is, did it because his, his father wrote it. It was his pupil. Yeah. yeah, it was a very personal project, and it's just yeah, it's personal grievance I have with that, but it, it's nothing to detract yeah. from you know what he made with that and yeah. i do like i did yeah. i would like to see him do another black and white movie because that's a gorgeously shot movie fucking just... oh yeah d- d- despite the fact it's in digital it does look it, it looks great it looks really yeah, fucking that's good another thing i love too this was in digital but it just it looked great too all the nighttime stuff didn't give me fuck didn't look washed out or give me a fucking headache like some other digital shit i've seen yeah. this year but yeah that's the killer would you recommend it to the audience Oh, easy, easy. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd probably not be in cinemas by the time this episode comes out. But if you have Netflix, then yeah, watch it. It's, it's easily the best thing on there right now. I think you'd watch it even if you know, it's not really a full blood blood and gore action movie. It's still really fucking fun. I think even people who are like more looking for more of an action movie are still going to have a good time with it. Because it is so... the 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 It's funny as hell when it wants to be disturbing when it wants to be. It's very hard to walk away from it and not have some kind of enjoyment from it because it's just it's just classy genre movie shit that we just we just don't see it anymore. We don't see like no. classy sleaze like this. And uh, I hope Fincher, I would love to see Fincher do more. Sh- I would love to see him do just a straight up fucking horror film at this point because, or like a slasher movie even. Cause... The the last one really was Seven, and who will uh, get into that in our uh, Kevin Spacey episode oh. next month. But uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For Christmas, oh, yeah. for Christmas, everyone. <laughs> uh, that's uh, right. Uh, in honor of the, we're, he stopped making those YouTube videos, so we're gonna fucking do it for him this year. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, join, uh, oh, fuck. Uh, join us next yeah, time. Yeah. Join us next time for um, yeah, it's going from a like one fucked up figure to another. Uh, yeah. This is gonna be a fun holiday season. Oh, boy. Bring the family. Oh, wait, don't bring the family. Never mind. <laughs> There's a moment described at the end of this scene where uh, Nick Dunn has to reach into his uh, duffel bag or his backpack and get out a baseball cap that he's bought at the airport. And he puts it on and walks away in hopes that people don't recognize him from the television and put together that that's him, that he's in their presence. And uh, I really want it to be Yankees cap. Uh, but... Being from Boston um, and not being very professional as an actor, Ben refused to wear a Yankees cap. And we, I mean, it did not come to blows, but we had to shut down production for four days as we negotiated with Patrick Weitzel over what would be the best thing for the movie, what Patrick thought would be the best way to meet the requirements of the production and something that his client could live with, which I thought was entirely unprofessional.